you for taking the time to listen to this sermon from Seekers Christian Fellowship. We believe that God's Word completes the believer, making them fully equipped men and women of God, ready for every good work. It is our prayer that through this message, you're challenged by the Word of God, built up in love for God and one another, conforming to the image of Jesus Christ. Amen. As we reflect on that historical Friday, some 2,000 years ago, from the time Jesus was arrested and crucified, we cannot help in our humanity to be filled with emotions of the inhumane experience Jesus had to go through to purchase us from Satan and sin's hold. The one who created us and loved us came down to earth and took the rap for us. From Friday's crucifixion throughout Saturday night into early Sunday morning, the followers of Jesus were in grief. They had lost hope, not expecting to see their master again. It was indeed a time of weeping and grieving, mourning. But on that following historical Sunday morning and following, it became a time to laugh and a time to dance and a time to celebrate. What Jesus' resurrection affirmed and confirmed for those who trusted in him and have their faith in him. Among the many proofs is an account in Acts 1-3. It reads, after his suffering, Jesus presented himself to the disciples and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. So today, and throughout the church age, believers have every reason to celebrate because we know that the Savior lives. We celebrate because Jesus has risen from the grave. And the blessed assurance believers have, for God has erased all our sins and given us freedom from the bondage of sin and from the power of sin and the sting of death. Amen? He did all of that. One shot. Because an empty tomb is there to prove the Savior lives, the the resurrection becomes the pinnacle of God's redeeming work in human history, and for what the future holds for believers. Two women, Mary Mandeline and the other Mary, needed a living hope. Went to look at the tomb after the Sabbath to the place where Jesus was buried. 
The Bible tells us these women walked closely with Jesus and the disciples. They witnessed his love, his compassion, his grace in the ministry. They saw his miracles, and now their master is crucified. He's the only one they put their hope in, and now he's gone and find themselves in downcast, in grief and distress. What a situation they're facing. They had questions, like you have many questions in life as well. What was they were facing? They had questions. Why this had to happen to their master? The one who they trusted, the one who they had hoped in. They couldn't comprehend what was going on. Can you imagine their situation if you were in their place, being afraid that even their own lives were threatened as well? Just as their master was crucified, their next in line? Could you imagine? They were stopped from preaching the gospel, and now their master who was preaching the gospel has been crucified, and they're thinking about their lives now. Just imagine what they're going through, their burden that they're going through. As was the burial custom of the day, the ladies went very early on Sunday morning, downcast in grief, to anoint the dead body of Jesus in the tomb. Luke 24.1 reads, But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, the woman went to the tomb, taking spices they had prepared. The question remains, how will the Marys get into the tomb to anoint Jesus' dead body with the spices? How would they get in there? Matthew reported, to keep anyone from tampering with the tomb, Pilate ordered the tomb to be sealed and posting a guard at the chief priest and the Pharisees' request. Closed was sealed. Anybody tampered with that stone, it will show up. Matthew continues, on Sunday morning, when Mary Mandeline and the other Mary went at the tomb, there was a violent earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. Please note, the angels did not remove the stone to let Jesus out, for he was already out. But the angel removed the stone to let the women and disciples into the tomb to see Jesus' dead body was not there. On his grave clothes was left behind. Gone. Luke 21, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified on the third day rise. Verse 8 continues, Then they remembered his words. 
There's a lot of things for us to remember today as we are in this sanctuary and as we are listening online about who really Jesus is. There's a lot of things for us to reflect upon about Jesus and where it goes from here. Friday had its pain. Friday had its agony. Friday had its grief. But Sunday brought hope. Sunday complimented Friday. Sunday brings glory to Jesus and the Father. Exactly as Jesus said in John 13, 31, 32. Now is the Son of Man glorified. And God is glorified in Him. If God is glorified in Him... God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. On that Sunday morning, on that third day, God glorified Jesus at once. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 to 5, reads, Blessed is he, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. One of the first things to note is that the resurrection affirms born-again believers with a living hope of a glorious fulfillment. That's one of the first things we note in that portion of scripture. This hope is an undying living hope. It is not something that may happen or lose its valor over time as we wait. It is something that already happened for us today. Affirming and confirming because Jesus rose from the dead. The resurrection affirms an undying living hope. It is through the resurrection, the born-again believers have the secured living hope in heaven. And it begins with eternal life. Sealed by the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians 1.13 it reads, When you believe, you are marked in Him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. Who is the deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of His glory. And coupled with that is 2 Corinthians 1.22 And it is God who established us with you in Christ and has anointed us and who has also put a seal on us and given us His Spirit in the hearts as a guarantee. Pilate put a seal or the tomb. Jesus put the seal on the believers. Everything promised will come true one day in the future as we live on earth with a living hope. Believers have a living hope. It's not uh, undying, it's a, it's a hope that will not fade, it is there. Now, Jesus, in his high priestly prayer, Knew this before he went to the cross. In John 17, 24, he prayed like this. He said, Father, 
I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you love me before the foundation of the world. It works like this, church. It works like this. Because God loves Jesus and we belong to Jesus, God loves us as well. That's how it works. Now, along with believers, on dying living hope, the resurrection affirms an inheritance. Inheritance, as we commonly know, is wealth passed down, and so the church receives a spiritual inheritance in heaven. In heaven. And though believers have to go through difficulties here on earth, we ought to patiently wait for His promised inheritance that is already there in Christ. And the resurrection proves that. Our inheritance is imperishable. Refers to what is not corruptible, not liable to death, nor subject to destruction. It will be flawless and perfect. Different from your inheritance on earth. When you die, you lose it here. When you die, you get it here. Our inheritance is an imperishable body that is required for a new kingdom. Generally speaking, we all love our bodies. Who wouldn't love their bodies? We take care of our body. We know our body very well. And the things we enjoy and also the trouble the body gives. Even though we try to keep it healthy, it still keeps falling apart with wear and tear, aches and pains, aging, illness, viruses and diseases, and the list goes on. You name them, we have them plaguing us, not forgetting, not forgetting the sins also of the body and in the flesh. There is a level of curiosity and fascination about the Christian future living in Jesus' kingdom. And the scripture has many things to say about that. And among our inheritance is an imperishable body. In 1 Corinthians 15, it says, So it is with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable. What is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, they're also a spiritual body, and believers will inherit a new spiritual body when we exit from this earth. It will happen. The resurrection proves it. The scripture teaches us that we will not cease to exist in a body.
but we'll have an imperishable body. For this perishable body must be put on to imperishable, and this mortal body must be immortality. The resurrection of our Savior and the Lord Jesus Christ accomplished and confirmed that our mortal bodies will be transformed into immortal bodies. The question that may come to mind, so what our spiritual body will look like? What will it look like? Now, including in our inheritance, we understand believers' bodily resurrection and glorification will be in light of the nature of Jesus' post-resurrection body. In 1 John 3, 2, it reads, Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him, because we shall see Him as He is. Christ's resurrected body is the first fruits and the prototype of our new body. There is a clear sense from Scripture of the continuity between Jesus' pre- and post-resurrection body. Jesus was identifiable. He can be touched. And it says to us that we will have our personal identity intact and able to identify and relate with others with a new spiritual body. What is sown is perishable. Just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, Adam, when, when raised, we shall also bear the image of the imperishable man of heaven, Jesus Christ. A new humanity, perfect in every way. The fact that our bodies will be imperishable means that they will not wear out or grow weary, old, or even ever subject to any kind of sickness or disease. They will be completely healthy and strong forever. In 1 Corinthians 15, the Apostle Paul continues, He likened our bodies to a seed that is buried before it sprouts into a plant. He says that though our bodies may perish through age with a multitude of illness, may be a source of dishonor and may be racked with weaknesses, even to death, the bodies of believers will be raised imperishable, full of glory and power. Continues in Philippians 3.20. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ who will transform our lowly body to be like His glorious body. No more physical at the doctor. No more blood tests. No more diabetes. No more arthritis. No more organ transplants. No more surgeries. No more stroke. No more dementia, no more depression, 
No more funerals. Funeral parlor will be out of business in Jesus' kingdom. And no more Botox. This thing of death also has been eliminated. Just as there is an organic link between the seed and the plant, we will be after, we will be like that in the resurrection. Our personalities and talents intact and will flourish like never before. The glorified body will have no signs of aging, disease, or injury, for all will be made perfect. They will have the characteristics of a mature manhood and womanhood forever in Christ, in Christ's kingdom. The body will have the strength that is sufficient to do all that we desire to do in conformity with the will of God in His kingdom. When Christ went on the cross on Friday, it wasn't any Friday. It was Good Friday. Redeemed us by purging us with His precious blood. He did not just redeem our spirit and souls. He redeemed the whole person complete from inside out. The resurrection is very powerful. And a blessings for us. So it is with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable. What is raised is imperishable. Jesus demonstrated to his disciples. That his body was able to be touched. Had flesh and bones. And that he could eat food. Jesus' body is a pattern of our body that will be made perfect. We will not be plagued with all the sinful desires of our flesh as well. We go through a lot of things with our flesh. A lot of sinful desires. But that new body wouldn't be plagued by them. Here is what it looked like. And to look forward to. I tell you this brothers. And sisters. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold. I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. But we shall all be changed. In the moment. In the twinkling of an eye. At the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and so we shall be changed. If you're not in Christ, you're not going to be changed. And there's another thing we saw in that portion of scripture from Peter. That the believer's inheritance is protected. There's a lot of things that you have on earth here is not protected. You lose them sometimes. They wear out. What the Bible talks about here is protected. The believer's inheritance is protected. 
Believers are not kept by their own power, but by the power of God. Our faith in Christ unites us to Him. It is His power that now guards us, guides us, and protects us. The elected are kept by God's faithfulness for their inheritance to come. We don't have to do it. He's doing it. All secured. Your eternal life, that new resurrection body, all the inheritance included. In keeping with God's promise, Peter said, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. We'll have these incredible, marvelous spiritual bodies perfectly suited for both earth and heaven that the Lord will establish. Revelation 21. There, you can read it a little after. But there's something else we should take note of, and that is the resurrection affirms a new creation. Oh, yes. When Adam sinned, God cursed the ground because of him. So that it brought forth thorns and thistles and would only yield food useful for mankind by painful toil. That was the judgment, punishment. The entire creation will be renewed for believers according to Romans 8.21. It reads, the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. Now, I don't mean this in a bad way. The people who are trying to save the planet does not have God in mind. Good luck if there's such a thing. Only God will be able to do it for His regenerated children. He will do it. Paul explains that this will happen when we receive the resurrected bodies. And he also said that the creation is somehow longing for that day as we are waiting also for our inheritance. In the new creation, there will be no more thorns, floods, droughts, earthquakes, tsunamis. Volcanoes, dangerous animals. There will be harmony and safety in Jesus' kingdom for the resurrected believers. Read Isaiah 65 when you have a chance. There will be a productive earth supply for our enjoyment. All of God's promises of our inheritance are made possible and will be fulfilled through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We are so blessed to have a risen Savior to rescue us from eternal damnation to an inheritance that is sealed, giving us peace and rest in our journey of faith on earth. Until we go to our permanent home that is building for us. 
That is exactly what Jesus said. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. I will come again and take you to myself. That there where I am, you may be also. Take that promise to your death, believer. Take it. Today is a very special day of celebration. We all are celebrating. We are here. Today is a very special day of celebration. A day, remember that Jesus resurrected and gave us a living hope with an inheritance to follow in his kingdom. His resurrection confirms everything he taught to be true. And he proves it by his resurrection. Peter continues the believer's inheritance is secured and protected in 1 Peter 1.5. It's protected by God's power and are being guarded through faith. Now we talk a lot about faith sometimes. But what is faith? Faith is to trust in God and in His promises. And as we're here today and reflecting on Jesus' resurrection and what it means for the believers, if you have never put your trust and confidence in God's promises, you can do that today before leaving this sanctuary and become spiritually born again and have this new body God's word promised. You can have it. Your choice. Not just come to celebrate today. Make it worthwhile if you're not a believer. It has consequences. Should you sincerely from your heart mean it, you can say, God, please forgive me for my sins. You can say, God, please forgive me. I'm asking you for your forgiveness. Come into my life and make me born again, child of yours. You have an opportunity. What you're going to do with it? And when you put your trust and faith in God through Jesus Christ, He will forgive your sins and give you eternal life with the living hope of an inheritance to follow in His kingdom that is coming soon. Look around our world. Jesus himself said, if he sets you free, you are truly free. And he proves it by resurrecting from the grave. We don't need any more evidence more than that. And as a believer, you have faith. You are saved. 
You have eternal security. But are you having a personal relationship with Jesus in your day-to-day life? Are you experiencing the resurrection life in all its fullness? If not, today is a day to make some adjustments to your life. Today is a day to make some adjustments to you who do not have Christ in your life as well. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is a blessing for both the unbelievers and the believers as well. The resurrection affirms a living hope. The resurrection affirms a living hope. The resurrection affirms an inheritance. The resurrection affirms eternal security. Can you imagine what it will be like getting acquainted again and having that relationship with your loved ones and the people you know who has passed away waiting to see you and vice versa because of the resurrection? Have you thought about that? Your loved ones who have gone ahead? What will it be like? They're waiting to see you. You want, are you waiting to see them? And only the resurrection body will do that in its fullness. We do not know every minute detail, but we know from what Scripture revealed, it will be a comprehensive inheritance package in Jesus' kingdom based on God's promises confirmed through the resurrection. That's what Peter said, First Peter. And because of the resurrection, we can experience the resurrection life in all its fullness. The abundant life on this earth, having God's presence, His peace, His help, His guidance, His love in our lives. He will never leave His own. He will never forsake His own. And He promised that those who put their trust and confidence in Him will one day in the future, we will enjoy our new home He has built for us forever, which the resurrection proves affirms, and confirms. The grass withers and the flowers fall. But the word of God endures forever. What he says, he will do. What he promised, he will do. Have a blessed resolution.